behind the glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I'm recording this on Father's Day. That's a thing that's happening right now. So uh, if you're a father out there or whatnot, um, happy Father's Day, Turtle. Happy, um, yeah, yeah. If I can, uh, Culver's had just happy Father's Day, Turtle. On the sign. Hmm. And I don't understand the turtle, so I just called my dad turtle all day. <laughs> <laughs> Turtles are old and wise? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and a little slow. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, before we get too deep here, I should probably do that whole uh, ad read thing, right? So the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers. Now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I also want to give a shout out to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash and become a patron today. Uh, sh- big shout out to black belt patron Andy Thompson. Uh, yeah, so be as cool as Andy and become a patron. I heard that Andy's a, the father of everyone. I believe so. That, that is a DOO bit that we will not be doing here. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I mixed that up. Sorry. Listen to D- Department of Offense on Blind Ninja Studios, 6 p.m. Sunday. All right. Uh, and then if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, uh, head over to blindninjastudios.com, click on the Amazon link, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. really helps us out. All right. Uh, just a little bit more house cleaning. Uh, so we lost an episode. That's a thing that happened, which was a bummer. Um, so that's why there was no episode last week. Uh, going forward, we will be back on a weekly release schedule. Um, next week's episode uh, is going to be all listener mail. So basically, we have a month's worth of listener mail that we need to get through uh, and a beer tasting and all that. So we're going to do that next uh, week's episode. So tune in for that one. Um, and we'll probably do a little bit more, uh, like, I don't know, a general chatting during that one as well, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, back from Europe. That's a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot of tasty beers. Had a had a really good time. Very nice. Uh, yeah. I had some good uh, English beers in England. Yeah, I know so you like your English beer. I do like my <laughs> English beer. I don't... I, scoff at me all you want, sir. Oh, no. You know, that man, fo- I... That 4% deliciousness. I like is. that, too, but I'm, I'm, I like my German... My fat yeah, German multi beer, too. I, I did drink a lot of German beer, too, <laughs> in Germany. And uh, quite a bit of Belgian beer in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And then got just sad in the Netherlands, but... Yeah, not a lot going on there for beer. No, and frankly. anything you get is incredibly expensive. Yeah, uh, it was like yeah, it was like ten euro a pint. Like that's too much, too much, too much. All right, uh, Brian, what have you been up to beer wise? Well, so we did a uh, we did a collaboration. Hop and Barrel collaborated with a brewery called Badger Hill. They're out of, out of uh, Madison, Shakopee, Minnesota. Shakopee. Okay, yeah. Oh, so, so they're over by the Three Sheep students. Uh, three, really? Yeah. Sheeps is in Shakopee? Oh, no, they're in Sheboygan. Sheboygan, yeah, yeah there you go. It, yeah. This is Minnesota we're talking about yep, here. Yep, sorry. Uh, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, Shakopee is the home of RAR malting. Oh, yeah. So that's where, you know, like like I always say, it's it's pretty baffling. Like, they think they're the largest maltster in the world, and it was, like, baffling because I got down to Antigua, Guatemala, to help out with Antigua Cerveza when they were starting up. And uh, we brewed with malt from Shakopee. Woo! 
I was like, I know, I know these. I know where they make this. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, long story short, yeah, I did a collaboration with, with Badger Hill. Uh, we did. We actually did the first kettle sour that we've ever done at the brewery. We've uh, been really hesitant to kind of jump into that. But um, now we are going to launch into a full-on uh, sour program. Um, we're going to start doing the, the floodgates have opened. Yeah, essentially. Um, my partner is a huge uh, sour fan, and he is uh, uh, quite quite uh, adept at making um, sours in barrels. And he he kind of scoffs at the kettle sours. And you know what do they always say? A kettle sour is kind of like microwaving a steak. Um, <laughs> which I don't necessarily agree with because there's some damn good kettle yeah, sours. Yeah, there's some out really there. good kettle sours. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah that. But um, I think this barrel aging program and and um, you know, we're talking about potentially erecting some kind of cool ship on top of the uh, on top of our building because it's, it's with good easy access. But uh, all that in the future, more to come on that. So that's what I've been up to. Right, sweet. Um, and then uh, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about Hop and Barrel Light. Yeah. And how exciting that is. Yeah, very exciting. So uh, 4%, um, just over 100 calories, uh, 12 ounce cans. Um, it's it's flying off the shelves. So um, sold 100 cases in about a week and a half. So that was kind of cool. Honestly, I think the most exciting about it, at least as a consumer, is seeing Coors Coors lines go away and that one yeah, come in. We've been having having that happen actually. Uh, we, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. We had told our salespeople uh, ask what which is the poorest selling domestic beer, um, Michelob, Coors, whatever. But you know, target that target at your you know at these different bars that we that we sell into. Ask them what what the lowest selling one is and you know get them. Pop and barrel light because I can I can compete with the keg price. That's amazing. So that was the point uh, was to kind of kick big beer off and get ours on and make something that tastes exactly the same and it does. Yeah. So I, you had a couple. Yeah, you had a couple I've ones. I've had a few. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's that, that good garage. Quenching. Good right. garage beer. Oh, it's no Corona. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> drunk dial. <laughs> I definitely received a drunk dial from uh, uh, the guy sitting to my right here, Casey. <laughs> Last night, yeah, it was it was a thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know how it decide how we decided that we were going to drink the entire case, but I we love, did. I love a good drunk dial, though. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I did two weeknight brews this week. Uh, some oh, more yeah. of the um, wedding beer. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when it's ready. Um, did different yeast on this one. I was real dumb, so I'd use the same base, but for some reason, it didn't never occur to me to just brew a ten gallon batch. And brew once this week. No, 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 no. I'm stupid and decided to brew twice this week. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Halfway through the first batch, I'm just like, oh, I'm dumb. Derp. <laughs> I was wondering about that, actually, because you see, brewed twice. You sent me pictures twice this week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was it was it was it was a thing. Um, and then I picked up some uh, peanut butter extract. So I'm going to experiment a little bit with that instead of PB2. Um, because just like, I don't know, I had some issues with the PB2 last time and... Was it head issues or what was it? No, it was like just the flavor wasn't coming through. Oh, uh, okay. Like I don't, either I didn't add enough or just something. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping the extract, so I'm going to play around with that a little bit. I only have a couple of months left to get that done. Sure. Yeah. Because, when is that? Uh, September, end of September. And it, is it in... South Dakota? Uh, no, it's in uh, Chippewa Falls. Oh, Chippewa. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So just about you know hour and a half up the road. That's funny. I was I was 
I always used to say Chippewa Falls, and I got I was corrected by somebody from Chippewa Falls. That's it's Chippewa, not, Chippewa, not Chippewa. Chippewa. <laughs> oh, Chippewa. Oh, um, and yeah. So did that. That was fun. Um, yeah, and actually the brews kind of went off without a hitch. It was some beautiful nights, and yeah, it was, it was really, really nice, nice weather this week. Uh, kegged uh, some sours that were all uh, pretty pretty good on the aging and so we're going to be tasting some sours in the next couple of weeks here yeah you didn't you say there, there's a bunch of stuff yeah i have a yeah, sour wise yeah we have we have the the creek that we um that we brewed we have the uh wild or american wild and then we have the american wild specialty which is the american wild ale with uh rhubarb Ooh, really yeah Rhubarb yeah. works really well in sours. Yes, uh, it is very complex, very interesting, and we'll, so we'll talk about that. Nice. But before we do that, we have a different homebrew that we need to taste. This is the rebrew of uh, the double IPA. Uh, you have the you have that recipe up there. For Boom! Me. I do, I do. Uh, so this guy is uh, oh eighty three point nine percent two row. Uh, you get nine point seven percent of caramel crystal malt uh, 40L. Uh, do you remember offhand what uh, brand it was? Uh, not. I, I bought it from Northern Brewer. Okay, so. sure. Uh, um, and then you had, so yeah, it was basically just the two malts in the grist. Yeah. 839 and 9.7%. And then you look, there's, was there any acid malt in there? Um, I don't have any in my notes, no. No. Uh, you want me to run down hops and salts and things? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? All righty. So two ounces of Centennial at 60, at a 1.5 ounces of Cascade at 15, and then you looks like you got a Cascade at, oh, there's also a Cascade at 60. They kind of flip-flopped that for some reason on the screen. Uh, and you used uh, 7.45 gallons of double IPA water. Uh, oop, glossed over it. About There is a pound of uh, dextrose corn sugar in here, which I think is a great idea for IPA uh, and double IPA. Yeah. Uh, we use, uh, we'll use corn sugar or just plain table sugar works fine, too. In uh, Space Force, it's... Uh, like about a hundred pounds of table sugar in it, and that'll what that'll do is dry out dry out your beer, make the hops pop a little bit. Another thing that's going to make those hops pop a little bit is uh, the let's see here, eight point nine four grams of gypsum or calcium sulfate in the mash at sixty, and then you got one point four nine grams of calchlor calcium chloride at the mash, uh, and then it looks like you just went with classic 1056 Y yeast here, yep. which is a fine, a fine ale yeast. Yes. Uh, so number wise, uh, original gravity of 1090, mm-hmm. uh, and finished out at uh, 1010. Nice, nice yes. and low. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I immediately like tasted this, and I I had <laughs> one big glaring issue with it, and I think we oh. talked about it on the show. And and this is a rebrew. So and this is a rebrew. So it's going to be a re rebrew. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, it, it was just it's it's way too much crystal uh, is what it boils down to. Nine um, percent, yeah, yeah, it's way too much, um, and it, yeah. So there's there's just like there's that crystal sweetness in this beer, and well, well, yeah, it's on beer cam if you're watching live. Um, but yeah, uh, why, don't, why don't we uh, taste this? Yeah. Overall impression: we're looking for an intensely hoppy, fairly strong pale ale without the big, rich, complex maltiness and residual sweetness and body of an American barley wine. Screwed that up. This is very barley wine esque. 
Right. Oh, good retention here, though. Yes. Um, you know, this when we put this beer on beer cam, it sits for probably about 10 minutes. Uh, he'll pour yeah. it, and then we, you know, we get the... You know, the cameras and the computers all fired up and everything. And, and uh, this one's definitely re- retaining here. Um, it's looking good. Very much off-white. Slightly off-white. Yep. Yeah, no. Aromas, it's it's malty. I it's, smell. Yep. Yeah, caramel malt. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it is it is what it is. Um, it's a little bit hot, too. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of alcohol. Uh, yeah, so I fermented at 66. I might drop that a little lower next time. Um, wow, it almost just getting raisin. No, it tastes like a barley wine. Yeah, damn. Like I made an accidental barley wine. <laughs> Is that terrible? <laughs> no, it's 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 not. But it's not what I wanted. <laughs> but yeah, there is some definite like dark fruity fruit raisin type of stuff it, going it, on in here. It it is a barley wine. Yeah, like I could sit on this for a year and it'd be perfect. It'd be delightful. <laughs> Do you want me to change this? In, in <laughs> change the name of it. Uh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is this is a fail again. Damn Apparently, it. I can't brew double IPAs. Yeah. I, I what the hell? Apparently, it's my Achilles heel. I can brew pale ales and IPAs, but a double is like, nope. I mean, like, what what is there to do here but, but just yank, like... I'm I, Go down to, like, four, three or four percent yeah. uh, crystal malt, like, mm-hmm. just for some color. I think that'd be it. Um, I'm going to look up the... What I think is a really good ratio is... A, I always talk about Space Force because I think that's one of the better recipes I've ever written, albeit... It's com- a very good beer. Incredibly simple... But I, I want to say that we we use like a ten a ten L ten lava bond, which just enough for. I think I want to say that Brees is the only one, the only place I can even get ten L caramel malt. Um, but I'll 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 spare you wait, and we'll get back to it after I yep. find the damn recipe. Uh, yeah, here. no. So like, there's yeah. So this beer has a there's a residual sweetness. I mean, it's a what uh, is that? Ten percent. It's a ten percent beer. Yep. Um, it like think barley wine, and that's what this is. Um, the hops are about right. Um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, the my percentage. So this this is the grist for the Space Force IPA. Uh, it's ninety point five percent two row, two point one percent Caramunic, uh, or I think we ended up switching Caramunic to like Kara Pills, I believe. Uh, uh, so yeah, 90, 90.5% pale, 2% Kara Munich, so something for the head retention, and then 2% acid malt, and then on the caramel end, 2%. So 2% of a 10L caramel malt, and then we're looking at 3.7% uh, table sugar, so about oh, nice. 50 yeah. pounds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think if I just drop the the crystal down, go to maybe a lighter crystal too, do C twenty, yeah. uh-huh. um, and I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like five percent C twenty. Totally agree. Brew it again. I'm gonna figure out this double IPA thing. <laughs> Otherwise, nice color. But yeah, no it's, clarity. It's clear. It's the aroma gets a little lost with the caramel. Mm-hmm. Flavor wise, I mean, I don't I don't hate it. Um, mm, it's pretty bitter, too. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going for like bitterness. Yeah, you yeah. wanted that. Oh, well, yeah. like, uh, what are the IBUs? Uh, ninety. 
calculated IBUs? Woo, yeah, that's up there. Yep. That's fine, though. Well, like Old school. And- yeah, we, we were talking old school on this, like... When we were doing that IPA or the the IBU race in the oh, <laughs> in god. the two thousands. Oh my god, <laughs> that whole deal. Oh, it's a hundred IBUs. Well, how can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some uh, hop extract? We yeah. got some hop extract for you. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it's a bummer. Um, and then yeah, so. Man, I'm really liking these uh, brand new uh, 3D printed uh, Blind Ninja Studios coasters. I know, right? These are great. Get a little bit of cork on the bottom that you yeah, put on there. Deaden the uh, deaden the sound a little mm-hmm. bit, so then they don't slide all over the table. Yeah, I'm liking them. Yeah, we're our branding's on point now. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we dive into our discussion topic? Yep. All right. Um, so we're going to continue our malt uh, our malt discussion. Uh, and we're going to talk about diastatic power. It's something that we've mentioned multiple times, uh, we've alluded to, um, and it's kind of an important thing. Just uh, just a little important. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, all right, so what is diastatic power, Brian? What is it? Um, that is, it's pretty simple. It's the ability of the malt to convert starches to sugars at mash temperatures. So basically, you, you crack that malt, and you got that white starchy stuff in there, uh, and you're going to get a certain amount of sugar out of there, and <clears throat> that sugar is what we like to call diastatic power, um, or we'll get into it later, but Lintner. I just I just think that Lintner gets confused with Lava Bond. <laughs> well, they're, so, they're both L. Right, exactly. Which is dumb. Yeah, so, I mean, part of, part of this has to do... Uh, like all barley starts with a, a huge number of diastatic enzymes. So, like the the their seeds basically, and the starch inside these seeds is it's meant to be converted by diastatic enzymes. All right, and those enzymes are activated uh, with a certain water temperature. Um, so that's why we use you know certain temperatures for mashing. Um, so. Uh, uh, where was I going with that? In any case, the, the the goal of the barley plant is to to you know have a bunch of diastatic yeah. enzymes as it grows. So yeah, um, that makes sense. and yeah, so yeah, that I think that makes sense. I think I understand where. So basically, um, diastatic power is the amount of those enzymes in there. Yeah. Um, and like a good rule of thumb is the darker or more kilned roast, etc. Um, the malt, the the lower the diastatic power. Yep. So um, that's why. So your base malts are what's going to have your most uh, right. diastatic power. And then, like once you like burn the malt and like create, you know, like your your dark malts, no diastatic power. Yep. Which is why you cannot have a hundred percent. Like, um, well, you, you can't have a stout without base malt. It's right. kind of kind of where mm-hmm. it gets to. Yep, we base malts are kilned very lightly, so that preserves their diastatic enzymes. Yes, um, and so diastatic enzymes, um, there's four of them. We really only care about three, um, at least from what I was reading. And maybe maybe you know something. So there's there's alpha amylase, uh, beta amylase, yep. uh, limit uh, dextrinase, and then alpha glucosidase. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. <laughs> we don't give a shit about alpha glucosidase, right? No, no, we don't. So what does it do? Does it do anything? You know, I've never really dug into it because okay. I don't need to. Because you're like, I don't care. <laughs> it's not important. It's not doing the things that we need. It's right. not converting those starches into sugars. And they all, um, all of those um, activate at a different temperature. 
Right. Um, and so that's where we get our mash range is um, like we find like that happy medium where all of them can kind of sort of be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do different rests, can't you, to activate these at different times? Yeah. Each of the enzymes has a slightly different temperature that it'll activate at. Um, but somewhere in between 150 and 155 is, is you know, like the the compromise that, that you kind of mostly use. So you, you can you can do like a, a you know, like a, a ferulic rest or like a... Like at about a, a one ferulic rest uh, is an acid rest, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Like uh, ask ten people get ten answers, but it's about one hundred and twenty, like what one hundred and twenty degrees, something like that. Something yeah. Something like that. So, <clears throat> in any case, you know, I mean, you you sometimes you'll mash as low as one forty eight and as high as one sixty one. Um, you know, and that's more to for for body in that. So as we as we get to um, oh, it's one hundred nine to one thirteen, right? Or 120 <laughs> because that's what I say because <laughs> that's what I say damn it well, I'm sorry that the internet is the disagreeing internet with is you. disagreeing with me once again <laughs> but yeah for if you're looking for more body in the beer so you're looking for longer sugar chains then you want to get like a higher a higher mash temperature if you want shorter sugar chains you want lower lower mash temp uh so and these longer sugar chains are not something that will get chopped up as as readily. Choppity chop chop. But right by the by the enzymes, and then since they don't get chopped up, that means that the uh, the yeast can't metabolize that long of a chain, so it won't even go for it. And then you've got more body in the beer. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I was too busy trying to find things to prove you wrong on the internet. Right. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. So let's talk about... So this is something I didn't know. I, I knew about uh, Lintner. I knew I knew about that. Right. But apparently there's another one. So Lintner is what's used in the U.S. primarily. Yep. And then there's Windisch Kohlbach. Ah, buddy. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that's like the, the one used... In like Germany and other places in the EU, they use that instead of Lintner. Don't ask me why. Um, but so, all right. So degrees Lintner um, is a measurement of diastatic power uh, commonly used in the U.S. It's defined as a malt has, and this is going to get a little technical, um, but a malt has a diastatic power of 100 degrees Lintner if uh, 0.1 um, cc of a clear 5% infusion of the malt acting on 100 cc of a 2% starch solution at 20 degrees C for one hour produces sufficient reducing sugars to reduce completely uh, 5 cc of failing solution. So basically what this is saying is 100 degrees Littner is is what they're basing this off of. If, um, it, if it converts that amount of starch that has 100 degrees, and so they, um, if it's converting more or whatever or less, that's where they're going so um zero degrees is no diastatic power whatsoever mm-hmm. um and i don't think there's an upper limit uh, most base malt is between 110 and 160 um uh and then if you're doing if you're as you're building a recipe uh your recipe should have an an average above 30 degrees Lintner. so that's if you sim- if you multiply the malt diastatic power degrees Lintner by its weight of the grain bill in pounds um, add each of the numbers there, and then divide that number by the grain bill's total weight in pounds. That number should be over 30. Um, 
and that will that will give you just a good like base okay this will convert enough right if you're lower than that you're not going to get the conversion that you need right so you can get uh the specs of um you know the malt and figure out you know how much diastatic power is in the malt like on the malt bags from rar there's like a qr code and then the malt bag the malt from breeze they send you the sheet and uh you know, if for some reason the the diastatic power is like, you know, lower on it, then you know you you might want to add a little bit, a little yeah. bit more malt, like a you know, add a quarter of a bag or half bag or something. Um, so yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, oh, okay, and then uh, we'll talk about conversion in a second sure. here. Um, but so yeah, so Windish Kolbach, um, pretty much does the same thing. It's a measure of diastatic power commonly used in Europe. Um, it's defined by the amount of maltose formed in 100 grams of malt in 30 minutes at uh, 20 degrees C. A much easier uh, definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and then, so, if for whatever reason you want to use Windisch Kolbach instead of Lintner to convert to Windisch Kolbach, you just take your... Um, yeah, so you, uh, it's the Lintner... Plus sixteen, or no, uh, or oh yeah, no. So it's three point five times degrees Lintner minus sixteen. Okay, you've got the equation written backwards. Yeah, I do. I do have backwards in there. <laughs> I, right. I just realized that in, in the show notes. <laughs> yep, I can see your brain turning. <laughs> um, so it's it's very like arbitrary. Right. Like, okay, three and a half times Lintner minus sixteen gives us Windisch Kolbach. Right. And if you're going to wind a, wind, Windish Kolbach from, if you're going from, win, if you're going from Windish ah. Kolbach to Lintner, <laughs> it's Windish Kolbach plus 16 divided, <coughs> divided by, three by three and a half. Mother of Pearl here. All right. All right. Um, do you think, is there anything else we need to talk about uh, with the diastatic powerness? Man, I, I think that's about as, as simple and complete as we can, we can make it. I just, you know, honestly, if you're looking for more, uh, more, information about exactly how like the enzymes break down we can uh come up with a uh, another another show uh, otherwise palmer's got a really good metaphor on how uh enzymatic action works and the malt book from uh john millet yeah it's a super good book uh, too. it's fantastic uh and you can buy that on amazon mm-hmm. and if you go to bindingstudios.com and click on the amazon link then you're supporting us and getting a delightful book. Exactly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add here. I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, so that's that. Like that part of this. I part of the reason I wanted to do a dive into this one um, is the term gets thrown around a lot, and not everybody necessarily knows what it means. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to just kind of go through it and define it. So now. When somebody's talking about diastatic power, you can be like, oh, yeah, I kind of sort of know what that means. Right. I mean, as a home brewer, I mean, it's it's another one of those things where <clears throat> you should be lucky and happy that you don't really have to deal with correcting correcting yeah. that. Well, like, and our, our malts are, like, we don't we don't really have to worry about um, conversion anymore, like, at the homebrew level. Right. Our malts are so highly modified oh, yeah. that it's, mm-hmm. and it's usually a non-issue, which is fantastic. Correct. All right. Um... All right, so, uh, we don't have any listener mail this week because we're saving it for next week. 
Uh, so sorry, guys. I know there's a few there's a few outstanding ones out there that you guys want us to talk about, and we will be talking about them next week. <laughs> um, and some of them we've already talked about, but you guys didn't hear it because that episode died, and I apologize for that. Bjorn Bjornsson is Finnish. Are you sure? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get another. We're gonna get another email. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, and again, uh, thank you for dealing with our erratic schedule the past month and a half. Uh, we are back on to weekly shows again. Uh, as long as Brian doesn't catch another death illness, we should be fine. <laughs> Always sick. I, <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindestudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindestudios or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.